Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg, with a homily for Sunday, November 27th, 2022, which marks the first Sunday in the season of Advent, our four-week journey toward Christmas. Let's begin by turning our attention to our reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul writes, Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The Word of the Lord. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. Since today marks the first Sunday in Advent, let me begin by wishing you all a Happy New Year, as today marks the beginning of a new liturgical year. I'll also start off with a bit of a confession. As some of you may know, I spend a fair bit of time in my car, and you want to know one of the things that drives me nuts? As I'm driving, there are often lane closures. Sometimes a curb lane comes to an end, and sometimes one or more lanes are closed due to construction. It always makes me a little nuts when another driver waits until the last possible second before switching out of a lane that's about to close. I always figured that if I was able to see the signs and get over in time, the other person should have seen them too. This morning, we have two texts from the New Testament, one from Matthew's account of the life and work of Jesus, and the other is from Paul's letter to the church in Rome. These two texts contain a similar theme. Matthew quotes Jesus' teaching about the second coming of the Messiah. Jesus encourages watchfulness, saying that not even the angels in heaven know when this will happen, but only God, the Father, knows. Jesus describes this second coming of the Son of Man as the fulfillment of the kingdom of God that he had been describing in such detail. Many of Jesus' listeners, including his own disciples, had been longing for the arrival of a Messiah who would come and save Israel. The irony of it all is that the Messiah they had been anticipating was standing in their midst, telling them to be alert and predicting his own return. These prophetic words are dripping with irony. You see, Jesus is not simply referring to some far-off prophecy. He's actually predicting his own return to complete the work that he had already started. We also have a very similar text from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. Paul knew a little something about changing conditions on the road, both literally and spiritually. He had a roadside encounter with the resurrected Jesus Christ while on his way to persecute Christians in the city of Damascus. That encounter transformed Paul from someone who persecuted Christians into one of the faith's most zealous promoters. He wrote to the Roman Christians, telling them, 
you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Paul encourages them to be up and awake to what God is doing. He knew from personal experience that it was no longer the same old, same old. God was working through Jesus Christ to do new and wonderful things. Paul wrote to the Roman Christians reminding them of what they already knew, that in the person of Jesus Christ, the landscape had changed and that they needed to stay alert to what was going on around them. They needed to be alert and attentive so that they could respond to God's call and to the needs of those around them, just as Paul had done on the road to Damascus. As always, we must ask ourselves what this text has for each of us today. As we sit here on the first Sunday of a new church year, it's important for us to hear these words to wake up and pay attention to what God is doing in the world, in our community, and in our own lives. As people of faith, it's vital that we carefully watch and listen to ways in which God is calling us. How are we to continue living out our faith, and where is God calling us to go in the next several months? There is very little in life that remains static. We are born into lives of change. The very fact of our own birth changed the lives of our parents and of our extended families. We attend and eventually complete our education. We enter the workforce. Some of us marry and have children of our own. We move, we change jobs, we celebrate milestones, and we mourn losses. The very nature of life is filled with change. Our faith does not shield us from that change. Rather, it records God's presence with us through those changes. One of the common mistakes that we make as people of faith is that we act as though our faith is some kind of magical force field, shielding us from the effects of change. Many of us long for the good old days when Sunday schools were full when the liturgy was familiar and before Sunday shopping and kids' hockey allegedly ruined church attendance. There are those that approach church as if it were some kind of sanctuary in which we could hide, waiting for change to pass us by. But alas, our faith is not a guarantee ensuring us that life will never change. Instead, Faith is a tool that equips us with the ability to engage the challenges and changes of life head-on with confidence. Neither Jesus, Paul, nor the rest of Scripture encourage hiding from change. Rather, we are encouraged to be alert, watching for how we might partner with God and serve our changing world. Gratefully, knowing our history and acknowledging how it has formed us as people is essential to understanding our own sense of who we are. Spanish philosopher George Santayana is often quoted as saying, Those who don't learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. Although I think he is quite correct, there's a big difference between remembering the past and being held captive by nostalgia. 
By all means, we must learn from our past, but we also must avoid a very real danger in allowing our past to hold our future captive. I began today by saying that it drives me nuts when other drivers don't look ahead to properly gauge their surroundings. Being alert and aware of our surroundings means many things, both as drivers and as people of faith. One of the things that I was taught when I was learning to drive is that your car goes where you look. If you're looking straight ahead, paying attention to the road ahead of you, then you tend to keep the car going relatively straight. But imagine what would happen if you were driving along the 401, doing the speed limit, but kept your eyes focused on your rear view mirror. If you never look through the windshield, I guarantee that things will go wrong pretty fast. Now, of course, I'm exaggerating to make a point. My point is to draw attention to one of the dangers that we face as church. I think that we can be tempted to spend a lot of time gazing at the rearview mirror of our faith, rather than looking forward to where God is calling us to go in the future. We see this all the time in our own neighborhoods. Houses are up for sale and there's talk about new developments. Some folks move away while others are moving into the neighborhood. Our challenge isn't simply about saying farewell to old friends. We must also find ways to make new friends as well. Fifty years ago, we could simply open the door on a Sunday morning and trust that all the new Anglicans who had moved into the neighborhood would find their way to church. Unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. This morning, both Jesus and the Apostle Paul bring us a very clear call to pay attention to where God is working and how God is calling us to participate in the world as a community of faith. We must hear the Advent call to watch and to be attentive to the needs of others so that we can speak compassion into the lives of our neighbors, both old and new. That may mean that we continue doing some things the way that we've always done them. Without a doubt, it will also mean making some changes along the way. I'm reminded of the words of President John Kennedy, who once said, Change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. Each year during Advent, we prepare for the celebration of Christmas, but Christmas is not the only thing that we are called to prepare for. While we remember the first Christmas, centuries ago, we are also still called to examine how God continues to work in the world both now and in the future. Let's pray. Almighty God, as your kingdom dawns, turn us from the darkness of sin to the light of holiness, so that we may be ready to meet you in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.